Books can take us around the world. They can take us to the intimate spaces of human experiences, and they can help us grow through their words. Stay tuned for People of the Book with Janice Leibovitz. Good morning, everyone. I am Janice Leibovitz, and you are our People of the Book. Great to be here with you this morning. And my in-studio guest, I am thrilled, and it is a great privilege to have with me a very well-known figure in our community. I'm sure he's well-known to many of you, David Aronovitz of the Collel Bookshop. Welcome, David. Good morning, Janice. I'm really thrilled that I finally managed to get you here as a guest. It took many um, weeks of <laughs> wrangling and organizing and um, managing schedules, but it is really wonderful to have you here. And I am going to not waste any time because time is short, as we know, and time rushes away from us. So I'm going to ask you, and I'm sure many people are interested to know this. I know people come into the shop and they are so used to seeing you there. And I know I'm used to seeing you there. And it's always lovely to see your face and lovely to see that familiarity and that smile. But I'm interested to know. How did you get into this game? How long have you been in the game? It seems like you've been there forever. But what got you there? How did you land up there? It's a good question. I've been in the game all my life, as far as books are concerned. Grew up with a caring mother who took us to the library and gave us the love of books from young age. But some 40 years ago, the Colel itself had a bookshop that had been running for approximately 10 years before, found itself in a position where it had nobody to really run it. It had been running in-house as a service to the Jewish community. And I, being a businessman who traveled quite extensively, was going to America regularly and occasionally to Israel, took on the task of really looking after it for them as a side hobby of mine in my business career. 26 years ago, I actually bought the business from the Quillel and took it over as my own concern. So from a time perspective, I've been involved directly with the bookshop for some 40 years. And it's been a very exciting journey. And in the last approximately 10, 12 years, it is my primary source of income and is the major activity that I work in. And I think the community is definitely, definitely richer for it. Thank you. So we thank you for that because, I mean, you are a major source of so much, including academic books. I mean, I think many of our, our Jewish and, and especially our Torah schools receive their academic books from you. And you are the source of, of the academic books that come in for us. So we can only thank you for that because that's where we're getting all that knowledge from and our young learners know that that you are the conduit for that hard work but it came to us by chance some many years ago there was if you do remember the history of the book business in south africa certainly the jewish one rubens was a household name absolutely i remember i remember going there to get my own um Kodesh books and my own jewish studies books when i was at school i'm giving away my age again i seem to do that on a regular basis but i re very well remember rubens bookshop so rubens were the primary source and i was their biggest creditor because some years before i had acquired the art scroll distribution rights 
and it started building the bookshop into something more as a service to the community and also a far more outward-reaching program, as we call it in the colloquial terms, cure of programs for South African Jewry. And uh, when Rubens closed down, I took over that business, and one of their activities was supplying books to the Jewish day schools. And we've built it up to the point where literally we now supply every school, not only the Torah schools, but certainly even the, the day schools too, King David, Herzliya, and so on. I love it when you read to me. This is People of the Book with Janice Leibovitz. I am back with my in-studio guest, David Aronovitz of the Kollel Bookshop. And we were chatting about David's own history in the book game, the, the Jewish book game, and also how Kollel Bookshop shop itself has evolved in, in the past leading up to where and how it is today. So we were talking about Ruben's bookshop. I'm sure many of you remember that. I certainly do. And tell me how Kollel has landed where it is today. Janice, when the Kollel itself arrived in South Africa and changed the whole landscape of South African Jewry in having a Kollel in South Africa, which was around 1969, it started carrying a library of Jewish books, which was very, very limited, around about 1971. So you can see next year is our 50th anniversary. Which we have some exciting things happening there. I'm sure everyone's (laughs) expecting a big sale. (laughs) That plus many more. And the library at that stage was just one shelf of a few books that were available in quality English. And it was started by also a well-known figure in the country, Monty Orenstein. Monty Orenstein from the famous Orenstein Motors, Chevrolet. Yeah. And Monty started this book with one of the Kollel rabbis and ran it until such time as he moved on and was taken over by one of the internal rabbis. And at that stage, there were very few publishers that were publishing quality Judaica, primarily Feldheim, Judaica Press. And in those years, Art School didn't exist. Art School only came about in 1976. doesn't even seem like and it was that long ago. No, it was 1976 Art School opened up, and that is a story in itself, which gives you an idea of the power of quality literature before the media age started. Yeah. And um, there were other bookshops, but most of them were run on a very much more secular basis. They carried a bit of Judaica and basic books of Jewish interest rather than specifically religious books that were of the learning type. There weren't many religious people in South Africa compared to the numbers proportionately that there are today. And so the Kollel found a niche and started growing very rapidly. And by 1976, when Arskoll arrived on the scene, there were two Jewish religious bookstores in South Africa. Chabad started their program, right, and uh, the Kollel Bookshop, as I say, had already been in existence for some years, and around about 1982, I approached Art School and managed to get the distribution for South Africa, and then started moving and expanding the program 
It was run as an in-house program at the Kollel in Yeovil. And because of Kirov being such a powerful medium in the Jewish community, uh, people were flocking to buy and acquire books. Yeah. And uh, round about when the Kollel and Yeovil changed, and the Kollel had to move out of Yeovil and move down to Norwood, I decided to take a plunge and move the bookshop, at that stage I was still managing it, into the Norwood hypermarket. And we placed it there into a, a frontal retail e- yes. experience. And that was the point of real launch of starting to sell volumes and opening the community to what was available yes. in this revolution and explosion of Jewish literature that came about. Right. I am chatting to my in-studio guest, David Aronovitz of the Kale Bookshop. If you have any questions or comments that you'd like to make, remember you can SMS us on 34519 or you can send your messages via Telegram on 0618951019. We'd love to hear from you if you have anything you'd like to say, any input, any messages you'd like to send to David. We would love to hear from you. David, um, Tell us where, where, where are we at today? I mean, Jewish books, Jewish literature, um, Kurdish books, books about learning. It, it's come so far. I mean, the, I mean, we, we only have such a limited time. And, and I need to tell you all, my listeners, that David is going to be a regular guest on my show. I'm talking every year. He's laughing at me. Um, I know better than him. Every six to eight weeks, David is going to arrive in studio and we're going to chat about where we're at. I mean, he's told me he gets new stock of books just about every week. Is that right? Right. It's a program that we've put into place because of the explosion of not only publishers, but titles are coming out all the time. Uh, You asked the question earlier that there's very different segments in the book business today within the Jewish world, primarily up until a few years ago, it was all learning products. There's the Sifrei Kodesh, all available in Hebrew, which are required for the yeshivas. Uh, Sidurim, Chumashim for the shuls. And then all the Perushim, the commentaries on the, on all the Judaica books that are required for learning. But what started coming about some years ago was general literature. And unfortunately, a lot of it was at a very low level. But as the expansion, Yeshiva University in America, people being exposed to better education, the Jewish day school system across the world, whether it be Johannesburg with King David's, whether it be the Herzliers in Cape Town, whether it be Sinai in, in Sydney, whether it be in New York, yes. London, and so on, uh, people were graduating, going into whether they were doing a Bachelor of Education, uh, of literature, people starting to write very good quality Jewish books. So we have today a plethora of titles across the board in every subject from bringing up children to life improvement to management education to general um, novels that are coming out on an ongoing basis. Anywhere upwards of uh, maybe 30, 40 different publishers of various size. Obviously, the big names are there, and they carry well over 80% of the product that's out there. But you have a choice. You can come into the bookshop and just get an idea. We, yeah. we just really 
the tip of the iceberg, but we carry what is the most popular. And there are some very exciting things happening with some superb authors who are recognized beyond this, the Jewish community. And we are going to chat about that in depth after the break. I love it when you read to me. This is People of the Book with Janice Leibovitz. I'm back with my in-studio guest, David Aronovitz of the Kolal Bookshop. And we're now going to chat about, we've, we've chatted um, in general about how David has come to be in this business. And I know that for many of us, he's a very familiar face. And we love going into the shop and seeing him there. And we've, we found out how Kolal has landed up and evolved into what it is today, the bookshop as it is, as it stands today. We're going to chat now as we said before, David has told me that they're now getting deliveries and shipments of, of new stuff every week, just about. And we're going to chat about some of the, the interesting new stuff that is coming in. There's some very exciting stuff coming up. And David is now going to let us know about what's coming in, what's to look forward to, what's here, what we should be looking for. And over to you, David. Janice... The bookshop saw, Baruch Hashem, some time ago that with the media explosion and the ability for people to get onto the Internet and with the magazines that are being put out on a weekly basis, newspapers that are coming out in, in English, that the South African public, and I'm sure this applies elsewhere too, have now access to completely on-time in, in time, new, new product that's coming out. It's, it's literally, it's, it's instant. It's, it's at instant. our fingertips. It's at now, our fingertips straight away. Yes. So the request was always, have you got the latest Mishpacha magazine? Have you seen on the internet this product, that product? And we introduced a system where, provided that you place an order with us and you want that product, we will bring products in on a two-weekly basis. So if you place an order, for instance, on a Monday, the following Wednesday, we will have it in South Africa for you. That's amazing. So we, we bring it in. There's a slight premium in doing this, but there are a lot of people who are book fanatics, and they want the latest and the greatest Fully understand that. at that moment. And because of the quality of literature coming out, we are able to do this with some of our publishers. Some publishers aren't that sophisticated to be able to provide us and get it to the uh, couriers in time. But it's a system that started working extremely well. It does create pressure on us because there is obviously a, a expense involved. But the benefit in terms of the satisfaction that you get at the consumer level is enormous. We then follow that up with our sea shipments that will come in. We must remember that South Africa is approximately 10 weeks away from the rest of the world yes. in re receiving any product coming in by sea. So we have to plan ourselves well in advance. Our Pesach shipments are starting to arrive now, but they were placed already at, at the end of November, December, right. to ensure that we would get them. So there's, that reality is circumvented by being able to bring in products by air on a bi-weekly basis. Yes, our time frames are very different from the rest correct. of the world, yes. But it does make people very excited to be able to see that a book that was published last week is on our shelves within two weeks, and it brings a lot of people in. It creates a lot of foot traffic in the shop and a lot of excitement. Uh, we pride ourselves, our motto that I tell my staff is, 
we like to know what's between the covers, not what's on the covers. Yes. And that's we. I encourage the staff to read what's come in. Obviously, there's just uh, too many, but it gives us an idea. We'll handpick certain uh, customers who we know are book fanatics, and we'll ask them for their feedback on what they've read if we don't get to that particular book. Yes. And uh, because of this, uh, we also have some superb authors that are writing at a quality level, and I take the premier pedagogue of our time, if I can be so bold to say, uh, Rabbi, the chief rabbi, ex-chief rabbi of, of the United Kingdom, Rabbi Jonathan Sachs, who is a writer of notes, who yes. has an ability to at sometimes poetically write and also has an ability to speak so well. And he, and he sets an example to the non-Jewish world at a level which has been unprecedented. His new book's coming out. That is it's very, been, uh, that's very exciting. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people are looking forward to this. I'm not even sure if people are aware that there is a new book, <laughs> but it has been announced. The release date is the 1st of April. Uh, when we approached the distributors in South Africa for the quantity that we wanted, they nearly fell on their backs because they were bringing in for the whole of South Africa only 50 copies. Oh, wow. And uh, we were asking for substantially more than double that just for ourselves. The book's called Morality which is a very appropriate title in yes. terms of our times. But that is, that is the way he sees the world as a person who has, who's got a philosophy degree in addition to his rabbinic and writes so well. So the book's going to create a storm in the general market and cleverly marketed by a publisher not going through the usual Jewish approach where we, we've got 5,000 copies or whatever it may be for the Jewish world. We're talking about substantially more because he appeals to a far, far broader audience. That's one this book that comes out. And that, have, as you say, that's a very clever marketing tool that he's used correct. by going through a mainstream publisher. Correct. And you see, you see this happening, which is putting us into the limelight. Uh, we have... The, the power of Jewish books is that very few of our books age. Within novels and new stories, yes, they're there and they move on. But the vast majority of books are timeless. Yes. Torah is timeless. So the beauty is this really, is it been updated? Has it been rewritten in terms of the editorship? Has it been proved in the English? And is it more appealing to the, to the end reader? And that's where some of the publishers have taken a cue. We have very exciting new ways of being able to daven and to pray through the new Korin. Korin is, Korin yeah. is, is, their publications are beautiful. And I mean, not to be um, shallow or anything like that, but they're very appealing to look at. So well, I think when you, when you walk in and you see a shelf full of Korin books, you're immediately drawn to them and you want to go and look and see what's there. What are they? What are they? What, what's behind those covers? They are beautifully presented. And I think that that's a, quite a key factor. Well, both them and a few other publishers, certainly Art Scroll 2 and Feldheim, are very aware of getting today's quality writers behind them. And that is immediately drawn in an extra dimension to the end user. Prior to that, people would just go off to exclusive books and buy what they needed to yes. there because they wanted quality literature. But today you can get that all in Judaism. And to the point that today also a new 
uh, area, which I'm battling with this from my perspective. <laughs> my kids didn't go through it. There are a fortune of books that are coming out now in comic form. Really? And the big, I, this the, I didn't know. The biggest selling Haggadah last year was the Gork Haggadah from Korean, actually, but was actually illustrated by people coming out of Hollywood from uh, Disney. One of the prime illustrators for some of the Disney animated works had put together religiously a, a beautiful Agada, but depicting the whole story of Pesach in a way which is enormously appealing to young readers and even to some adults too. <laughs> so <laughs> we're seeing incredible. a complete new area of growth. Uh, we are seeing it in the areas of Nach, where you can go and read the story of Dvorah or or Gidon, which most people don't know the story of Gidon because it's not done in school, but now in comic form. And when they do get back and discuss it with some of their parents or the teachers, these kids actually know more than some of the adults because it's so well animated and so alive for them that they get directly involved in the in the story. Um, you can go on and on like that as you see. We uh, Art School today have a, a catalogue of well over three thousand titles. You have, and it goes on and on. It's a very, very exciting environment to be in. I think our excitement is to see a satisfied customer because they come back and for more and more. I think that's, that's a, that's a sign of, of the growth and that's a sign of that you're doing obviously something 100% right when you get the follow up customer. When you get a customer who comes back again and again, then you know that you are ticking all the boxes. Right, but I think what what is very important for us, as I said earlier, is the timeless reality of so many of the books that we carry. If you look at the range of books, it's enormous. Vast majority are just new versions of explanation, of confirmation, certainly, yes. and certainly uh, really a illustration of what is timeless in Torah, whether it be in a a filler book on prayer, yes. whether it be a discussion of the Ramchal, Rav Moshe Chaim Litzato's books on Derech Hashem, the way of God, his books, Mesila Shoshorim. Uh, and I think the interesting thing is also that they are bringing out different versions of the same thing to appeal to, to different people. Right. So it's not just like, oh, well, here's one Tanakh. That's that's what you can have. You can have this one, or well, there's nothing else. It's it's different versions of the same thing. If you've just tuned in, I am chatting to David Aronovitz of the Kolel Bookshop. If there's anything you would like to ask him, anything you'd like to comment, please send us a message. You can SMS us on three four five one nine, or send a message through to Telegram zero six one eight nine five one zero one nine. We would love to hear from you, and. We will be chatting for the next half hour or so, and we are in studio. As I said, David Aronovitz from Kollel. We're chatting about all the different kinds of new stuff that's coming in, staying very current, keeping Jewish books and Jewish learning very current and relevant to appeal to a new generation and to hopefully an older generation that still want to learn and keep things up to date and to, to know what is out there. You, um, I made a, you actually say that there's a new presentation of old literature, even updates. If you had to buy a chumash from Art Scroll from some 
25, 30 years ago, not only been corrected on many editions, but if you buy it right now, it has a whole back end of high quality, glossy illustrations clarifying things like the Beit HaMikdash, how the Kohen would follow his avoidee's service in the temple, so that when you're reading it, the actual Chumash comes alive for you to understand some of the difficult phraseology when it's so uh, distant from us in terms of historical reality, but it's there in terms of biblical truth and reality, and now you have these illustrations. As I said earlier, you've got the comic form of expressing itself. You've got what is very, very important is this the updates on the printing that has come out in the printing revolution. So you, you start to see laser print where before you saw smudged writing and you would battle to read. Yeah. So for certainly the previous generation, it became, if they're getting older, like I am, <laughs> you need to be able to read. We all are. Absolute, with absolute clarity, not only with the help of glasses, but certainly the quality of print today has also uplifted the image of what's being out there. Um, We've mentioned Corin, we've mentioned uh, Art Scroll, we've mentioned Feldheim. They're the, 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 the core base of the success of the Jewish publishing environment. But there are others too. There's Urim Publishers, there's Maznaim. Some of them are only publishing uh, Hebrew Sforim. Some of them are publishing a broader base. You've got a young new publisher that's come up recently in America called Manufa Publishers. And he employs young uh, graduates of good quality literary skills writing textbooks for schools. So today you don't have to go to secular environments. You can now start finding good quality Jewish literature as set works for the school system in the United States, and it's starting to filter down to South Africa. You've got teaching aids that are coming out across a vast area with the Input of top quality educators creating aids not only for the teachers but certainly for kids. The books that were sitting in schools for upwards of 40 years are a thing of the past. Yeah. Today they're virtually updating on real time every two, three years a new system of being able to attract and excite people and being able to learn. Yes, and it encourages so much more engagement. Right. So... What, what is one of the most exciting areas that I enjoy besides when the, the staff know me already, when the, as boxes arrive, I, my fingers get <laughs> twitchy and I open up the boxes, what's new and what's exciting. But uh, before I tell you that exciting point, I'd just like to add that if you looked at just the area of, of recipe books, uh, I, I remember. I've, I've fi- noticed that, that you used to have kind of one shelf. And that has um, grown exponentially. It's, it's, it's staggering to see that uh, from being a, a bookshop that might have sold five or six titles at any one stage, at any one time right now we've got maybe 40 to 50 there titles. Are so many And now. doesn't stop. And that's been an explosion in itself. But high-quality, beautiful, beautiful recipe books, which, you know, your mouth starts watering when uh, you open some of the gorgeous. pages. They are gorgeous. They really are gorgeous. 
But as I said, one very exciting area, and this is an area, especially in today's economic times, when I was listening to the news earlier and realizing where the RAND is, mm. which is one of the problems us as South Africans face. Yeah. Uh, and most of our products, as you know, is, are, yes, they are, are important. Yes, yes. Um, is the area of children's literature. And you've got some very, very focused publishers in this area. There's a very, very successful, highly focused in one area publisher. This comes to mind immediately. It's called Hachai Publishers in the United yes. States. And they are focused on just bringing out quality, simple, good publications at a very economically good priced area, which is fabulous for the parents who's trying to build a library for their kids. Yeah. But if you look again, the the range of books coming out in Kids Speak, we're now Those on the 14th, 14th volume, and it doesn't stop. Kids are constantly phoning us, and they're driving their parents crazy. And the, the nice thing about the Kids, Speak, the Kids Speak books is that the kids who have grown up with them, who are now in their kind of later teens, they still love reading those. And they can't wait for the new ones to come out. And they don't want to read the older books. They don't want to, you know, yeah. read. I think what are the older ones called? And People Speak or I don't know. There's, well, there's, people Speak. Yeah, kids Speak. But th they just want to read the Kids Speak books. Right. They don't want to graduate to adults. They don't want to hear what adults have to say. <laughs> um, but they, they just want to keep reading those Kids Speak books. They absolutely love them. I think that is a – those are timeless for sure. And those are popular. I'm in studio with David Aronovitz from Kolal Bookshop, and we will be continuing our chat after this break. I love it when you read to me. This is People of the Book with Janice Liebowitz. And we are talking excitement about books for younger people as well. So we were talking about the Kids Speak books. What else is there along those lines, you know, those shorter Shorter stories and short inspirational stories because younger people, a lot of them don't like to read, but they do like those types of books. <clears throat> Janice, there, besides Kids Speak, as I mentioned earlier, there are the new comic books which cover a broad spectrum of Jewish subjects, and that's been extremely popular. Kids at different age groups, obviously, parents like coming in and saying, What have you got for my one year old? <laughs> <laughs> but at the end of the day, from board books all the way through to seriously um, um, good novels, thrillers, exciting stories that, are, that carry a message to them, and some of them are just plain good, clean Jewish literature. And that is an attraction too for parents. Yes. Is that the literature is clean. Yes. One of the problems. And safe. And safe. Talking on safe, one of the needs, we're living in a society, unfortunately, where we have to worry about that reality of safe children. Very unfortunate. And we have now, at any one time, at least three or four different titles coming out from very reliable, good uh, ex-teachers, therapists, we're producing books on how to your children to remain safe and to give them guidance as parents and even as children on a simple level, put in a a picturesque form for them to be able to relate how to handle themselves in public if approached in an, a difficult situation. And it's very unfortunate that that we do need to um, have books like that. Right. Unfortunately, but they, at least we now have, even within the Jewish environment, 
books like this available for. And certainly the schools have taken those, parents who are concerned have, and there are even some in- interest groups who got involved in actually disseminating a product like that to the general community. Um, Haggadahs for children abound. Uh, it's amazing to see what's available. The illustrations that are out there, the excitement, the graphics of showing uh, the crossing of the Kriyas Yamsuf. Uh, one of the most successful Haggadahs of recent years is a cover called the Cat's Haggadah, which has become virtually a household name. It's gorgeous. That is absolutely beautiful. Very, very graphically illustrated. And, and then there's actually a couple of pictures in there that are quite, quite frightening. Right, but it's, it's accurate. Yes. And how do we know? Because at the back of the book, it has a bibliography and a, what we call in Hebrew the Marimakoimus, but the actual source of where these pictures were actually created in terms of their biblical references. So you can explain it to a child at any level you want. And yes, there are times which uh, some of these pictures are quite graphic. Yes. But they're real. And I think it's an important reality that we don't just, uh, you know, fuzz over yeah. the situation. A book like that. But to move on, the, the, the self-improvement area at, at any level in Judaism has become a major, major uh, and prolifically printed and uh, written area of books available from a variety of publishers. Some good, some not so good. But at least when you walk in, if you had to walk into exclusive, and I try and do that at least once or twice a year. Yeah, and I did an entire show on self-help books last week. Right. You know, because it was Valentine's so big, Day, really. and you know, it was all about, you know, love yourself first. Oh, well, there's two. There's two areas in self-help. Judaically, one is that we've got the Torah area. Yes. If you take books like Miselis uh, Yisshorim, Path of the Just, whether it be Derech Hashem, the Way of God, whether it be Chovas Olavavos, the Duties of the Mind, these are classic and Torah self-help books which re- learnt and they'll change your life. Yes, but on a on a more modern level, we are in a situation where people don't want something too long to read or get involved in a learning experience. They want to grab something in the moment that's highly inspirational and touches the soul. And we've got a author called David Ashir who started putting out a series of books and within the space of approximately three, three to four years, not even three years, he has sold over a hundred thousand copies. Now that is a significant number of books for Jewish world, but his books are brilliant. They, he's on the fourth generation of them. Short wow. stories of total inspiration. And the beauty is that it's a Torah perspective. You've got slightly longer stories that always give a message from people like the famous Rabbi Kron to Rabbi Stephil Spira. He recently visited right. South Africa. Correct. Yes. So when you get, you've got a choice to make of something that will inspire you at any different level that you want. You want something more intellectual, you can go into the semi-Kabbalistic books. We have a very interesting South African book that's been put out recently. I don't know if you've had her on the show or not, but Sarah Evian 
You may have heard of Sarah. I have heard of Sarah. And, and she's put out a very interesting connecting, I don't call it a true seder, but it's a connecting it book to God. It is magnificent. I have it. Highly I love spiritual. It. Highly spiritual. It's gorgeous. <laughs> I love it. It's absolutely beautiful. Maybe you can let listeners know exactly what it's called so that they can come and look for it. But... um Okay, not so keen on that, but it is the most beautiful book. It's half Siddur and half. Right. It's, it's, it is quite, it, it's quite Kabbalistic. It, it, it carries a mystical approach more than totally Kabbalistic, but it's, it's written with, you can feel the sensitivity. Although Absolutely. It's been, it's been focused towards the, the feminine side. Yes. But it can be used by anybody because I, it has, I would, I, I, I can't, Im- you. I wouldn't imagine men using it. I must be very honest. Um, it, but it is, it's half, it's, it's divided into two. It's one of those books that's divided into two. Half is a, it's a, a week, it's to be used during the week. It's, it's got a few prayers for Shabbat. Um, but it is mainly a weekday siddur. Correct. And then, um, half, the front half of the book is, is quite, it's quite mystical. It's quite, it's about chakras and healing centers and it's, it's quite dense. It, it, there's a lot of, as, as someone I know once used to say, there's a lot of words on the page, um, which is quite uh, um, an amazing description for. It is there's a lot to get through, but if it's something that interests you, and if it's something that you want to really use to connect with your soul and connect with your prayer, if if that's the way or the direction that you want to go to, if it's something that you really want to. Investigate and something you want to learn about, then this is a book you should be looking for. It's a beautiful looking book, first of all, and it's something that you should, you should go and look for. I'm chatting to David Aronovitz of the Kolel Bookshop and we'll be back after this break. I love it when you read to me. This is People of the Book with Janice Liebowitz. I'm back with my in-studio guest, David Aronovitz from Kolal Bookshop. If you have any messages you'd like to send through for him, you can send an SMS on 34519 or a message via Telegram on 06189-51019. We would love to hear from you if there's anything you'd like to say to us or say to David particularly. David, what would you like to say in closing? Any Final books you'd like to mention, final messages that you'd like to say for people who'd like to come visit the shop. I know it's Purim coming up in the next couple of weeks. Any Purim inspiration people should be looking out for? We, we opened this morning's doors with Purim on the table. (laughs) (laughs) So we're, we're moving into Purim mode already from today. Definitely, definitely. I can feel it in the air. There, again, Purim is not as active a book business because it's really the Megillah. It's the Megillah. But there are some exciting books on Purim. There's a series that's been put out by Rabbi Deutsch. And one of the books that he's put out is called Let My Nation Live, which is the story of Purim. He's put out a book, Let Us My Nation Go, on Pesach. He's put one on Shvuot. He's done one on the... Exodus into the Midbar, into the, into the desert as they left Mitzrayim. But his Purim one, personally, is my best. It's like reading a novel. He's written it as a novel, but with 
page by page source material available on everything that he's written. It's the most exciting book you can imagine. And that is something worth anybody having because it exposes Purim totally differently to people. We always listen about Mordechai and Esther and Haman yes. and Achashverosh. And I remember buying for my children when they were very small. There was a series of books on the Chagim with, I think it was Choni the Dove or something like that. And I distinctly remember these books. And I'm sure there are many, many more books available now for children on Chagim, particularly on Purim. I know that their focus is very much on their costumes and on their Mishloach Manot. They're not really interested in books on the subject, but uh, I think there probably are quite a few more than, than just Choni the Dove. Look, the bookshop is more than just books, so we, yes, do, offer, we do offer a parallel help program to the Purim experience <laughs> by selling from Rashanim. I think par- parents need a help program <laughs> for Purim. Right, so we've got Rashanim and we've, uh, we carry different sizes and we carry Mishalach Monas available for people to, to buy and to give out. It's a big fundraising program with, uh, with a lot of the schools. So it's, it's another addendum That's to the good product. To know. And, uh, so it's a very, it becomes a fun, fun week, which really starts this coming week and then, you know, build up to the, the actual program the following week. But that's what we, we try and change our face on a regular basis so that you don't walk in and see the same product in the same place each time. So we're doing that. It's quite active now. It's Purim for the next two weeks. And as we come out of Purim, straight into Pesach. And then we get moving again from Pesach gets to Shvurt. Then we have our annual sale. But there are a lot of things that come yes. in, the, in the year. But from a, a perspective of new books, one of the new exciting innovations, especially for the uh, more academic learner, is the classic commentators' products that are coming out now in English, which were never available before. So when one talks about a Gomorrah, one thinks of this Rashi and Tosfot, so those people who are learning a Gomorrah. But suddenly to find that the Tosfot is now translated into English is a world first. And it's changing people's whole approach to areas of Judaism which were inaccessible to the vast majority of Jews. And that is very exciting to see how people change. So we're, we're upbeat on what's coming. We're nervous about the prices, but that applies to everything. We're all caught in this, uh, not quite sure where we're heading. But one thing we can say is that Judaism is alive and well and available to anybody who wants it at any level. Well, I think that's amazing, and everyone knows that they're always welcome to walk into the shop, and they will always have a... A warm and special welcome when they come in And there's some, definitely something for everyone I've received a message from my daughter here um, On the SMS line To tell me that they were Bina and Benny books And they had them for Purim and Pesach And Shavuot and Sukkot Love still from available. my daughter And they are still available They are fabulous books Bina and Benny and Choni the Dove It was wonderful to have you as my guest David from the Kolal Bookshop, and we look forward to having you again. As I said, this is going to be a regular feature every six to eight weeks or so. We'll be chatting about what's new in the shop, and I hope you'll all go and visit and see what's available for you, always something new and current. It's been wonderful chatting to you all, as always. I hope you have a fantastic week of reading, and as always, I'd love to hear 
what it is that you have on the go, and I'd love to hear from you to hear what you are reading. Have a great week.